0: The shadows have unleashed a forgotten soul. Awakening the evil within. Releasing the havoc that is Halloween. Snickers presents Halloween Havoc. Sunday, October 25th, live and only on pay-per-view. Call your cable or satellite company to order now.
1: Hogan's going back to his own locker room now.
2: Idiots! I got some. Come on, man. Take him out. Take God, him out. Where's he at? God. Hey, he was just here. I saw him come in here. You saw him come in here. It's that warrior. Look, look at that. Look at him. What be. the? What? Look at. Oh, he's in the wall. Oh. He's in the mirror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Take lawyer. Okay, brother. I know the rules. I hit the number. You're a disciple. Just play the game. How many? not how you're on the team. I, uh, oh, it's real funny. You think it's funny? are you talking look at the lawyer. Look at what? What are you talking well, okay, Look at what? Well, i <laughs> hey, How do you well, talking you lawyer. It's real funny. You know what? The last line is going to go, Warrior. It's right there, brother. Warrior. I'm on the team. I know what to do with you, I'm going to rearrange hey, it. I know what to do with you. It's you. I know what to do with
3: you.
4: Welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by. I am, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. No, that's not it.
5: I am. Oh yeah. No, that's not it. Well, you know something, Mean Gene. No, that's not it. Ah, got it. I am the greatest referee of all time, Patrick Young. Now, see, see, it's been so
4: long, man. Yeah, took the,
5: it took me time to get back into my get back into my groove. You know.
4: Well, I think we, we picked a good time to take a few weeks off because we avoided the viral meningitis outbreak. We're both uh, healthy. We don't have the mumps. We, yeah. We didn't get pulled off the card at the last minute. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, the last two weeks we were on vacation, and in between that was the TLC pay-per-view, which I had no interest in watching. Until? Until, of course, yes, the card was changed and Bray Wyatt was removed no Sister Abigail. We didn't get the debut of Sister no. Abigail, which I was sort of curious about. That was the one thing that I was going to go back and maybe watch out of morbid curiosity to see what their plan was for this Sister Abigail character and Bray Wyatt wrestling in, I guess, a dress. I don't know what they were going to do. So they pull him. They put AJ Styles against Finn Balor. So that piqued my interest a little bit. But Awesome the f- match. They tore down the house. Compared to what we're used to seeing, I thought it was it was excellent. But the thing, of course, that hooked us all to to sit down and watch the entire show was that Roman Reigns was benched. So that's good. That's a good start. And he was replaced by Kurt Angle. Yes. Which was very surprising because, you know, if you're going to do this return, yeah. you don't want to do it typically on two days notice for a guy that hasn't appeared in a WWE ring, at least, in 11 years. <laughs> no. So they burnt their big return because the big dog was out, so they needed a big name to go in, and they picked Kurt Angle. And I mean, you didn't get the full Kurt Angle return because no. he was Shield Kurt Angle. He was in his GI Joe outfit. Well, he was in his riot gear outfit. He got
5: what I loved was is he got hurt per se, and he's took to the back, and you
4: just see five guys beating the hell out of the rest of the Shield. Well, the match was laid out very... I mean, this match took like 40 minutes. Yeah. And it was... So it was a five on two, basically. It was five on two, basically, for like half half, the match. Over Over half half. the match. Yeah. But it took them forever to do anything because every every spot took so long to set up. And then Kane started feuding with his own teammate. By the way, a big return, Kane. His return totally got overshadowed. He came back on Monday, and it was all like, hey, well... You know, typically we hate Kane, but we hadn't seen you in a while. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah. But that's all forgotten about because Kurt Angle came back. But so yeah, this match, the spots, man, it like it felt like I was watching a real TLC match, like a violent TLC match in like super slow motion. That's yeah. what it felt like, sort of. Yeah. And uh yeah, so Kurt Angle, uh to to save him from having to work the whole thing, he gets quote, injured. And so he goes to the back, but to, for starters, he came out in his shield gear. So you didn't get uh, the Kurt Angle theme music or no. the the singlet or the gold medal. He dressed like he was uh, cosplaying Roman Reigns for Halloween. I have, however, seen Kurt Angle did get new attire
5: made. So that leads me to think... He is actually going to step back in the ring another time.
4: Oh, I think he's going to be back for Survivor Series, as a matter of fact. So. Uh, we'll talk about Survivor Series in a minute. But so Kurt Angle gets taken to the back. And then they give us a little bit more because we did get his theme song. He got his theme song played for a run in, which is very. Uh, yeah, coming back out. Yeah. So, and he did do uh, an ankle lock and he did do an Olympic slam here and there and some. Uh, belly-to-bellies, so we did get some of the great Kurt Angle, and um, even though he was wearing the the bulletproof vest or whatever, his arms, he looked like he's getting back in shape. So Yeah, he looked jacked. WWE definitely did the right thing by putting him in the match, because people that... I was definitely not going to watch this show, because like I, I've told you before, this Shield reunion doesn't do anything for me, and maybe I'm just... They just broke up three years ago, or whatever. It's yeah. not... I, it hasn't felt long enough, so I wasn't going to watch this, so... They got me to watch, so they did their job. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately, what we've had happen, though, is because there was no title match on TLC because Brock didn't work TLC. There's not going to be a title match at Survivor Series either, Patrick, because it's all brand warfare. It's bragging rights 2017, basically. Raw versus SmackDown, up and down the card, everything non-title, nothing on the what? line. Yes, Brock Lesnar will be wrestling Jinder Mahal. Oh, Ginger's going to get fucked up. In the main event. And you also have such great matches to look forward to, like Miz and Baron Corbin, which is just the worst matchup I can possibly think of at all. And you can't, even when Roman comes back, even if he's back on Raw tomorrow night, they put the shield, they put the tag champs against the other tag champs. So you can't have the shield reunited in a match. Yeah. SmackDown came and attacked the superstars of Raw on Monday, so it's all out war. And uh, Shane's going to have a team, and Kurt's going to have a team. And so I feel like that's when you're going to get Kurt in a singlet, basically. You'll and, get Kurt and Shane. I don't think they're going to have a singles match because... No, ever but you'll have road. Kurt's team and Kurt yes.
5: participating in the match. You'll have Shane's team and Shane participating in
4: the match. This is one of those instances where... We might get a glimpse at King of the Ring 2001. Well, but... <laughs> They can't ever have a singles match again. They can't. It won't work. Not compared to what they did. Well, exactly. I just think some things are best left alone, especially many, many years later. Yeah. So that was the big on-screen stuff that we missed in the WWE since we were gone: is uh, brand warfare and Kurt Angle wrestling again. Uh so, some big misses, but there was no way to know that people were gonna get sick and get pulled off a card. It was very yeah. it hasn't happened since the great elevated liver enzyme outbreak of twenty oh six, so yeah. it hadn't happened in quite a while. So Patrick, what else has happened in the world of pro wrestling uh, throughout October? Karen Angle, Karen
5: Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, Karen Angle. She annoys the hell out of her husband, Kurt Angle, and sends him to rehab. Now she's annoyed poor old Jeff Jarrett to the point that he's drove him to drinking, and now he is in WWE
4: rehab. Well, that's that's very mean to blame it on her. There's he, He's an individual. He makes his own decisions. Yes, glo, Global Force Wrestling and Impact no longer together. They have had a divorce, and in this divorce, they have sent... Well, Jeff Jarrett has checked himself into rehab. now. He actually reached out to WWE,
5: and WWE...
4: Like we talk about with WWE all the time, in any wrestling promotion, they're independent contractors, they have no benefits. This is the one benefit that this company offers to ex-employees, is free uh, drug or alcohol rehab or whatever the case may be. It is funny, though, that Jeff Jarrett, of all people, would take them up on this offer, and that they have to pay for Jeff Jarrett to go to rehab is kind of humorous to me after their messy divorce, but... Man, what a wild year Jeff Jarrett has had. I, You know, finally coming home to Impact Wrestling, TNA, um, having his own brand, Global Force, which had really never taken off on its it, own. Yeah, and it finally started taking off. Well, they, they were going to use it as their brand. It was no longer going to be TNA Impact or just Impact Wrestling. It was going to be Global Force Wrestling Impact. That was going to be... They had rebranded their title belts. Their title belt said GFW on it. They had the green font. They were incorporating every yeah. every piece of his idea. And within the last couple of months, this has all fallen apart. And now he's in rehab and Impact has moved on without Global Force and Jeff Jarrett. So it's been a quite a downfall for uh, what was thought to be sort of a homecoming, a triumphant homecoming for the... You know, it's almost like a storybook, like the guy is basically forced out of this company and comes back. It's almost like what happened in a much smaller scale. It's uh, Steve Jobs and Apple. Steve Jobs was forced out of Apple, came back, turned the place around, and you know turned Apple into the huge entity that it is now. Yeah. I mean, this is a much, much smaller scale, but this was the story that I'm sure Jeff Jarrett had envisioned, is that I'm the conquering hero coming back to save the day, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. It's, it's, it's sad that... Uh, Jeff Jarrett has personal demons because just my observations of pro wrestling, uh, Jeff Jarrett always seemed like a guy that had it together. You know, yeah. I
5: didn't. He always, it seemed like he always did. And we wish Jeff
4: Jarrett the best. Absolutely. A, a yeah. speedy recovery. And hopefully he can get his act together. And because I, I still think he has something to contribute to pro wrestling and a great wrestling
5: mind for this generation.
4: And, uh, oh, definitely. I
5: think I agree for all the that he has a lot to contribute
4: for all of the you know the BS that he gets lumped in with uh, Vince Russo or whatever Jeff. Well, I mean whether you like it or not, Jeff is a big part of wrestling history and yeah, uh, yeah, great mind for the business. Even though great minds sometimes do crazy things like uh, Jim Cornette, great mind for the business, accidentally whipped out his dick on stage. Yeah, very strange. Flashes the crowd at a Bruce Prichard show. So they were doing their
5: uh, one of these discussions. They d- kind of like the comedy show that Foley's done, but it leads into more of a serious wrestling. Q right. It's a. like a,
4: yeah. It's a what they've done is they've taken these Q and A panels like at Comic Cons and stuff, and they just take them on the road to, to clubs, comedy clubs or whatever, and yeah. they they just sit up there and have a chat, yeah. and they make money doing it, and it's easy money. And uh, so anyway, I guess a fan. Or no, Jim Cornette has a cardboard cutout of Vince Russo because this is apparently his worst enemy, is Vince Russo. He hates the man. So he had a cardboard cutout of Vince Russo and laid it down on the stage at the Bruce Pritchard show and was going to mimic urinating on it and accidentally, because he had these big poofy sweatpants on, he accidentally flashed the crowd. So He just went for it, pulled it out, and started going. No, no, no. He didn't start going. He just... (laughs) He had... A momentary lapse and flashed it. It wasn't like yeah. he just started urinating on the sign. So he did. They're just not telling. But you this man, uh, <laughs> after a few weeks ago, he had the encounter with uh, Santino. Yeah, and uh, just he's out of control. This man is wild. This is I a love, wild man. He. I love Jim. He's one of the best minds in the business. He is. But the, the guy is wild. I love Cornette. He is great. Yeah. No. I. I agree. Yeah. He's. You can be wild up to a certain point, but I mean, he can't even get into Canada because he got arrested a long time ago. Because of Russo. I don't think it was because... he. of Not everything bad that's ever happened to him is from Vince Russo. I he's
5: going to claim it's
4: because of Vince Russo. This is a one-sided feud, I'm afraid, too, because Vince Russo I don't think ever talks about Jim Cornette. So, it's, so what else do you have from the world of professional wrestling? You
5: posted it. I sent it to you in a uh, private message. The Roddy Piper documentary. Have you seen the trailer that I sent it to you as you posted on our page?
4: I did see the trailer, but I am uh, not going to part with my money to see it. Now, if really? they want to send me a screener, that would be absolutely fantastic. I'm not saying do that, but if you did that, that would be great. No, I, I, I thought it was okay. You could tell that it was it, it's dated footage. I mean, that, yeah. the, the article talks about how they sat on this thing for a very, very long time and uh, the creator just wanted, got with his family after he passed away and talked about releasing this. So this is some vintage Roddy Piper. I mean, uh, he, it looks like it was taped some time in the mid-90s, maybe the early 90s. It looked interesting, but it's, uh, I'm cheap. I, what can I say? I'm cheap and I just don't pay for things. So it's like if, if the Flair thing wasn't airing on ESPN here in a week, um, I wouldn't see it.
5: November November 9th or November 7th. Sorry. November 7th. November 7th.
4: Don't let Ric Flair know you don't know when his movies are.
5: November 7th.
4: Yeah. Ric Flair. We'll we'll talk about Rick in a second. But yeah, the Roddy Piper thing, he's also, his family put out a book, uh, his last book, basically, his last autobiography, which uh, they helped finish. And from the reviews that I read, it actually sounds really entertaining because uh, Roddy was one of these guys that would kayfabe a lot of his history. Uh, basically, tell you wild tales that weren't true a lot of times, but this last this last book was more of the real story. And so, if this documentary does that, then then I might check it out. But it's hard for me to ever spend money on stuff. If it if it ends up on Netflix or some you know channel where I already pay for the content, then I'll get it. But but as I mentioned, yeah, the thirty for thirty on Ric Flair is coming up here in uh, about a week. And Rick made it to the premiere in Atlanta, and he was thrilled to make it to his own movie premiere. Yes. He, he was very happy about this. and he the way this documentary came about was pretty funny. It was there was a, a documentary about a basket college basketball player from North Carolina that they interviewed Rick Flair in just to get his thoughts about it just because fa- famous North Carolina people, who do you think of, Rick Flair? And so he weighs in on this basketball player. And the guy that was directing that movie was like, fucking Ric Flair, this might be a pretty good movie. And so Rick gets sucked into it. And next thing you know, he's got this uh, 30 for 30, which is ESPN in the last few years with their partnership with the WWE has started doing more pro wrestling stuff. But I mean, yeah. if you go back even five, six years to the idea of having a pro wrestler being featured in a 30 for 30 is pretty incredible. So. I'm really looking forward to it like I really can't wait to see it. especially like seeing the undertaker out of character as Mark Calloway like
5: oh is he gonna he's actually got a speaking part in it
4: he does yeah he has he's interviewed several times from what I've seen in the uh, the trailers so okay
5: yeah. I uh I am really interested in watching this I think it's gonna be a great documentary. Uh, I want to see the uh, the Andre
4: one as well yeah I'm ready to get them all get them all out. But uh, is there any more other than that? Well, there was that uh, Ted DiBiase one that was in oh, theaters. Oh, Ted's. But uh, it hadn't come out yet. I don't think it's available just to uh, stream yet.
5: Or It's going to be November. I think it's November 9th It's a Tuesday night.
4: It was being shown in a theater around here, but it was like a Tuesday night at 7. And it's so only I,
5: being shown one day yeah, only.
4: I can't So I can't Nash- go.
5: Nationwide one day only.
4: What else do you have from the world of pro wrestling? D.H. Smith saves a woman's life. Yeah, a woman was going to jump off a bridge and he talked her down. He talked her down and then tackled her as soon as he yeah, got off. Yeah, I think I was going to say from the I think from the cliffs. It looked like he actually wrestled her down in a in sort of a way. I guess when you are going to jump off a bridge, you better hope that a kind-hearted pro wrestler isn't around because Well, absolutely. He's going to take your ass down. He's going to spear you right off that bridge uh, back onto the street. Davey Boy Smith Jr. He's uh-huh. going to do a running power slam. Oh, running, your- he's going to running power slam you
5: off the bridge.
4: Yeah, to save you. To save you. To safety. Yeah. Maybe just the running part and not the power slam, but yeah. What a nice thing to do. Because honestly, if I was walking down a bridge and I saw, I would just think someone was crazy. I would just call the authorities and probably just. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to. Especially, there's so much that can go wrong there. I don't know. I don't know that I'm getting involved, like. You don't like to get involved in things. Anything, anything. Just I just want to go about my business. You know. You like to blend in. Exactly. Like I'll call for help for you. I think if I think you're really in trouble. But other, let's see for me. Knowing if- my luck, if I did try to help out, it would turn out to be someone that just wanted to steal my wallet or something. You know, like <laughs> they. Oh, I don't want to jump off a bridge anymore. Instead, I want to rob you. Like I just—that's uh, the kind of luck. See I would if have. for
5: me. If I see somebody getting robbed, I'm going to go and. I'll take a bullet for him just because that's how I am. Just for them getting robbed, geez. That's well, yeah. too much. Yeah. I'm not going to stand idly by and watch crime happen. Well, you're a a vigilante. Don't take the law into your own hands, Patrick. I'm not going to hurt somebody. I'm going to defend the United States citizen. So it was
4: nice to see a wrestler doing something good in the news. It I, was, you know, yeah. Not just... Not in the news for the wrong reasons, but in the news for the good reasons, so. And last, but certainly not least, there has been a new
5: person training at the Performance Center. You might know her as Rowdy Ronda Rousey.
4: Now, this is all, this is still uh, kind of murky. I've, I've looked into this, and I haven't found... A source that I feel comfortable with, or any sort of verification of this, but I do see it floating around that she is in the performance center in Orlando. And if that's the case, then I guess you could probably bank on seeing her at WrestleMania because I don't Absolutely. think that she would be ready for Survivor. It's too late for Survivor Series now that we're uh, three weeks away.
5: Yeah, no, it's this is a WrestleMania matchup. You do not want to give this away on. Your other big three. Right, and I also... This is a WrestleMania moment only.
4: And I also think that if she is a part of the WrestleMania card, uh, that'll be the time when the network, they decide to raise the rates because Netflix raised their rates by a dollar last month, and WWE's pricing scale has always been never more than Netflix. Netflix is the industry leader in streaming, so we have to set our prices to be with them. But since they've raised their price a dollar, I think... When WrestleMania rolls, if they have a big star like Ronda Rousey, because, I mean, the buy rates that she did for UFC, I mean, she's a mainstream star. Mainstream media all the way, yeah. Yeah, and so you're going to get a lot of intrigued non-fans like us that just pay our, you know, that we're in there every month. You're going to get a lot of new sign-ups. So I think that's the time to raise the rates, whether we like it or not. The rates are going to go up. There's just, there's no way around it. The inflation... Uh, takes over everything basically, but I can definitely see them doing the uh, the four horsewomen of wrestling versus the four horsewomen of, of MMA with uh, Shayna Baszler being on the roster and Ronda Rousey, and then the other two females who I'm sorry I'm not I don't remember their names, but I think that four on four match or the Stephanie match that they teased at WrestleMania 31 or was that the one in Dallas? No, it was 31. No, it was 31. At 31, they teased the Stephanie match. So, I would much rather see her in a mixed, in a, like an eight woman tag. I'd than like to Stephanie. see
5: her. I'd like to see her against uh, Charlotte.
4: Well, I think that would be a down the road match. I don't think that. I think her and Charlotte would absolutely tear the house down. I think that's one that you'd want to build to, but I. And even if she does, I think that's kind of the Hogan Andre
5: type situation.
4: Even if she does sign on with the company, though, I think it's going to be like Brock Lesnar where she's not going to work house shows. She's not going to do TV every week. She's going to be a special attraction and she's going to come into pay-per-views and maybe, you know, two Raws before a pay-per-view. And that's pretty much what you're going to get out of her. So, you know, don't expect don't expect to see some kind of this won't be a weekly televised thing. This will be a rare opportunity. They're going to make you pay for the network to see her wrestle. She will not wrestle on free television.
5: Yeah. And so. And if they're smart, they won't let her have any physical contact whatsoever. Right. That's absolutely right. Do this old school.
4: Uh, also, just a, a few other news notes I wanted to hit on before we, we moved on to your pick for this week, which, boy, you really you really know how to bum a guy out, don't you? <laughs> This is a great pay-per-view. Oh, of course it is. This had the opportunity. Of course it is. (laughs) Someone on our Facebook page noticed how every time you, I I always have to call you out and say, of course you think the opposite of me because you do this all the time. You take the other. I think you lie sometimes just about how you feel about a pay-per-view just so you can say, I think it's great. This had the opportunity and the card to be a good pay-per-view. It just dropped and bombed miserably. Ugh, well, <laughs> a few other news items I wanted to to make note of before we moved on to Halloween Havoc 98. Strap in now, folks. War Games coming back. NXT TakeOver in Houston. Uh, the night before Survivor Series, which I will not be watching, but I will be watching War Games and NXT, mainly to see how they pull it off because they're going to do the, the Fall Brawl 98 War Games, which was three teams of... I believe they're three. Three teams of three in that in that war games there was Yeah, it was three teams of three. So they're doing it that way. They're not doing two teams of They're not five. doing two teams of five or two no. teams of four. Yeah, so they're going about it in a slightly different way already. Well you so. remember they did one one year where it was
5: ever man for himself practically and that's when DDP won the rights for but the that title. Was,
4: that was the three that was the three teams of three year. Even oh, okay. though they were teams it was the winner for himself. And the win- and they did pinfalls.
5: Yeah, that's so, not war games in my opinion. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. No,
4: and not surprisingly, that leads into Halloween Havoc 98. So, of course, that of course it all comes together. You just know how to find the connections uh between things. Also, uh WWE 2K18 came out, and uh what is your what are you some of your thoughts about the game so far from what you've played? I like it. I hate we don't have Arn Anderson. Or And they
5: cut Brian Pillman. Like. They cut Pillman. I hate that, too. Uh, they cut... Are they... Uh, I'm still pissed about Terry Gordy. No Terry Gordy.
4: Yeah, they have uh, three-fourths of the Freebirds. You're yeah. putting
5: in the Rock and Roll Express, but you don't have the Midnight Express in there. I mean, I'm pumped that the Rock and Roll Express is in it. But.
4: And I know you can download Created once, but it would be nice if... They got the real treatment you know if they got yeah the actual, the
5: actual real life timing yeah
4: yeah that's just what happens every year so every time it's it's what i'm missing that i just i get hyper focused on uh some of the positives i rented it i haven't played the full thing because I just got it for my birthday. Thanks, Patrick. You're welcome. Uh, You're for welcome. my 2K18. You keep me up to date with the uh, what the kids are playing on the... Uh, I have to for our show. ...video games. Yeah, it's, it's for the show. It's for work. Exactly. You, you write this off on your taxes. I do. Uh, the graphics this year have taken um, much more improvement. I still think they need some work uh, on some of the character models. Some of them look really, really good. And then some of the other ones... The faces and stuff, it's just like they look like zombies. Uh
5: the uh you had mentioned just when we were talking before we went on air about the glitches in last year's. So there's not as many, but there still are a few. Oh, I think
4: there's more so really? far. They just released a patch the other day that fixes a lot of them. In those backstage brawls, I've seen a lot of videos of people their their legs are getting caught in like the dumpster and they can't get out and yeah. like stuff like that. Just weird shit and Characters floating everywhere, and I kind of think it's wrong that you can release a game that glitchy, like, to sell, yeah. like, and yeah, sure, you can patch it down the road or whatever, but like... Why not patch it now if you know it's a problem? Well, fix it first, and then release it, and then t- do minor tweaks, not to where you have to come in and actually, like, fix the game. It's it's just a strange way of doing business, I think, Yeah, that, uh, we'll just... We need to get it out as soon as we can. We don't care if it's done. We don't care if all the stuff's working. But uh, So a lot of bugs and glitches. One of sort of the most disappointing thing to me, the frame rate. The game gets so slow when you have the four-on-four. When you have, like, I had a Survivor Series match. It's like it's in slow motion. And then the referee, he's an asshole. He's not Patrick Young, the world's greatest referee. Up until this latest patch, the referee would not count my pinfall. Really? He would count the other team's pinfall and he would if I did a submission he would that would be okay they, but he would not count for me. They
5: have in in the game create a match and you are able to go in there and if you actually want to do survivor series style elimination match you have to go into the eight man tag and make it an elimination and save it under survivor series elimination match tag match Oh, so you have to build it. You have to build the match. If not, your eight-man tag... It's first fall? It's for one fall to a finish.
4: <laughs> wow.
5: That's just... I did an eight-man elimination tag last night. I guarantee you, I went 45 minutes.
4: One thing with the, the 2K series for a long time, too, is like... I know it's supposed to be a simulation style. It's supposed to be just like the real thing, but I feel like there's so many reversals that you can't ever get on a roll. Like, no. I can't get on a roll like... I just wanna have fun and beat the shit out of like That's like
5: when you and me play, it's more reversals than it is offensive moves.
4: Right. And sometimes like when I'm playing against the computer, I know I can hit him like I can hit him with like three moves and I know on the fourth I'm gonna get countered. Yeah. Or like you can see that animation starting where you're and you're like, fuck, he he countered me. Yeah. I can't ever get rolling. I can't ever yeah. get on like on a good streak of like moves where I right. feel like I'm actually like Getting the heat on the guy, basically, you know, right. like so, that's just been a problem with the game for years. So I, at this point, I'm almost used to it, but uh, I, I think that needs some work. While we're while we're on the topic of Halloween Havoc and
5: the WWE game and all that, it is rather chilly here in Chattanooga, and you are wearing your
4: NWO sweatshirt. That's right, yeah, your pullover hoodie. So yeah. how is that comfortable? I. Uh, it's very soft on the inside. I got it on eBay uh, about a week or two ago. And
5: oh, okay, so you didn't even buy it from WWE.
4: No, it's got a WWE tag in it. So WWE th- has them on sale on their
5: website right now, as you speak. No, I don't know about that. They do. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I actually thought you got it from WWE.
4: How much are they there?
5: They're going like $35, 40 bucks. Something oh, okay. Like that. How much? They,
4: I paid thirty-four bucks. Free shipping on eBay. So.
5: Okay, so you pretty much went through the company, and they just didn't tell you about it. I was they have an Ultimate Warrior one that's pretty badass that I've thought about getting. I still have my Brett that I love. I love my Brett Hart hoodie. They don't have the, the it, long sleeve They don't have the, the home okay. It may have already sold out.
4: Yeah, so. All sold out. NWO sold out. It's uh they have a short sleeve one. They want sixty dollars for a short sleeve NWO hoodie. That's because the logos turned sideways. Yeah, they did all that work. It's yeah. crazy that, you know, all these years later. They can still sell this merch. I want a One Warrior Nation one. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> one Warrior Nation, which had two members. I uh, didn't even... It, because, it had two members? I thought it only had one. No, because the Disciple was technically... That's right. The second member. Under the spell. That's right. The second member of the One Warrior Nation.
5: That's true. That's very true. Kudos to some of the creations I'm seeing out there on the game, though. You go out there to the... Oh, yeah. Man, there's people putting in some serious time and effort into the, some of these characters.
4: I probably rented the, a copy from Redbox maybe like the like two days after it officially came out, so like six days after, yeah. you know, the secret you get it four days early thing. I got the
5: Cena edition. So. Oh, the cena enough. Yeah, I got the figure and the Cena autograph and all that. So.
4: Yeah, and just going to the community creations and seeing the characters that they build, like people put so much work into this. It's just crazy that they sit there... And then they share it with us like it's well,
5: a the, the in the title belts too. The title belts, you have the North American heavyweight title that has there's never been a title look like this. Someone has actually gone in there and completely rebuilt this thing. Which one is it? The North American heavyweight title. And yeah, like there's nothing in the game to remotely make it to even build that. So they had to go in there rewrite the system and do it. And you can download it. And there's uh like you got the Memphis heavyweight titles out there. You've got uh Florida Championship Wrestling the heavyweight title, you got the uh Georgia Championship Wrestling Tag titles, you've got all of these people have just gone out there and and put in a ton of work into into some of these title belts, into the, some of these wrestlers, even some of the arenas.
4: And then it's nice because they share it with us. They don't they have do. to share it
5: with us. Yeah, because I don't have the abilities to do that shit.
4: That's the one thing I will say that these games, have, I mean, even wrestling games, even going back to like Attitude and Warzone and all that stuff, No Mercy, like the creator wrestler thing has just gotten so insane. Like, and, and the creative title, like all the detail you can put yeah. into these things, like, yeah. I just don't have the patience to sit there with, especially like with a PlayStation controller and like you go to fine tune this shit.
5: You go to try to create an arena and you're doing the thing for four hours. Yeah. I mean, and you're, and it's still, or mine anyway, still looks like shit. Cause I haven't even done over half of what I needed to.
4: Yeah. Like, uh, so. trying to make something like the WrestleMania nine, like Roman Coliseum. Someone sits around and fucking builds that all day. It's nuts. Yeah. So, yeah. Kudos to the community creators out there. Thank you. Yes, for providing filling in the gaps where 2K forgets to. And
5: if you're a if you're a listener of our podcast, and you are a creator, or you're one that is a a uh, that does this professionally, because there's got to be people that do this shit professionally. Made. Yeah, there some must of this, be
4: people that work for the company.
5: Some right? of this stuff is really, really badass looking. Let us know what your name is, per se, or whatever. We'll yeah, you're you, PSN. We'll give you credit. We'll give you, we'll put you on air. We'll, whatever you want, man. We'll give I'll you. I'll share
4: some of your screenshots. Yeah, we'll, we'll do all kinds of stuff for you. We're, we'll help you out. We'll, uh, we only put in a couple hours every week on a podcast. That's true. We took the last two weeks off. So, that's true. These guys are sitting around making shit all day. Exactly. Well, Patrick, some late-breaking news in the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We happened to be recording this as the WWE was making some big roster moves. They Yeah. Emma, Darren Young, and Summer
5: Rae have been released and quite possibly more to come later on this afternoon. I am shocked because Summer Rae, we haven't seen on TV. Now, Darren, I'm not shocked about her. Darren Young is injured and I, they normally don't let injury
4: injured people go. Well, yeah, especially like for example, Page, like yeah. people uh, with injuries, nagging injuries, or Tyson Kidd, who they eventually made into a backstage role, um, you know. So Darren Young had this shoulder injury, I believe it was, or an elbow. It was his know, elbow, yeah. Uh, had this injury and had been off TV for a while. I mean, to, they they basically had to re- completely rebuild his elbow. Seems like it's almost been about a year since he's been on TV, but he had uh, Bob Backlund as his manager. It was the make. Darren great again campaign and yeah, Darren Young will not be great again. The real shocker out of all three of these is Emma. Yes, who was just on Raw on Monday had a match at TLC as a matter of fact. tore the house down at TLC. Had a very good match. I'd say next to the next to Finn Balor and AJ's match, the women's match was the best match on the card. And
5: then a couple was a month or two ago she was main event in the paper or not main eventing, but main eventing the women's side with uh with Sasha Banks. At a pay-per-view a couple months ago. I mean,
4: Emma was really slowly getting into that push role. And spent all those Emmelina promos that never panned out. I mean, this company at one point had big plans for, and I don't know what's happened in the past 24 hours to change all that. That is literally absolutely crazy because they were building an entire rivalry between her and Asuka. Well, and they're... They were definitely building up Emma as being on the same level as a Charlotte, as a Becky Lynch, as a Sasha Banks. Yeah. Trying to equate that she's part of that scene, the original revolution or right. whatever. And to drop it totally cold like that is very odd. Uh summary, this is not a surprise to me. I've I think if you go back to episode number two or three of the Retro Wrestling podcast, I talk about how she's not been on TV in forever. Yeah. And in episodes of Total Divas, you'll see her backstage. So she was still reporting to work, but just they had nothing. They had nothing for her. Yeah. they. Sort of like the situation with uh, Eva Marie. They just didn't have anything. They don't know what to, if you can't wrestle. It's like if you can't do, you can do everything else good at your job at WWE. But if you can't do the one thing they want you to do perfectly, then they just don't have a spot for you. They it's don't like, need you. Yeah. So it's like if Lana doesn't improve in the ring, I wouldn't be surprised if they. I mean, I understand that Rusev, you know, is employed by them, but if they can't get Lana to be an active performer like they want her to be, then I think she could be right there with Summer Rae. I agree, and it's sad to say, and the crowd may buck that one because everybody really loves likes Lana. Lana. Yeah, uh, she's so. she's great on the microphone. Yeah, but it it seems like everybody that in Zoamore, for example, like they. He's great at one thing, but they want him to do another that he sucks at. Yeah. He's not a good wrestler, but yeah. they want him to be the face of 205 Live. So I got a feeling it's going to come in waves. This is the first wave. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, Neville walked out on the company while we were on vacation. And so yeah. I think that he. Well, you is, didn't even mention that. Yeah, Neville said F you and quit. He's going to make uh, a lot of money on the Indies. He's one man. guy that I think, and he's only, he's my age. Yeah. He's 31 years old. Yeah. He's yeah. he's got. You will see Neville in phenomenal upside. You will see Neville in ROH. I guarantee
5: you within the next month.
4: Well, as soon as his non-compete is up, when they finally let him go. I mean that right. Sometimes they don't let him go from their contracts, so we might not see him for a couple of years at this rate. Like, but uh, yeah, that's what we've got so far. That was our late breaking news from the news desk. Thanks, Patrick, for finding that.
5: Oh, you're good. I'm... We
4: almost missed it. We would have had to talk about it next week. So this week it was your pick. And what a pick it was. Halloween Havoc. One of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. 1998. From the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Paradise, Nevada. Las Las Vegas. Vegas, Vegas, baby. What happens in Vegas... Stays in Vegas. Unfortunately, this did not. In front of 10,663 alleged people and sponsored by Snickers, which is also the sponsor of... Many, many other wrestling pay per views. I would say Snickers might hold the title for most. Slim Jim. Ooh, it's close. I think by now Snickers might have them because Slim Jim hasn't really been around uh, as far as sponsorship goes in quite a while. That is true. Uh, but Snickers, even up there, were definitely shows in 2017 that were sponsored by Snickers. It's crazy that this candy bar gets this mileage. That is out true. Of- uh, out of pro wrestling,
5: that is very very true. When they were putting the names on it, they were putting wrestlers' names on on the candy bars too. You know how they would put. I saw, I saw one the other day that had soft on it for. Enzo oh yeah, and yeah. All, you
4: know, and, by the way, Snickers prominently featured in Two K eighteen. Yes, so, it is. Even though WCW is no longer around, Snickers doing just fine. This show did two hundred and eighty six thousand three hundred and sixteen buys, which is Uh, Sort of disappointing, if you ask me, because, of course, this is the legendary rematch from WrestleMania six between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. This is Warrior
5: Hogan 2.
4: Right. No longer Ultimate. He cannot be Ultimate, but he can be Warrior because Jim Helwig changed his name... Legally. ...to Warrior. And if you ever get a chance to watch the now-out-of-print, the Self-Destruction of Ultimate Warrior DVD, you will learn all about the mind and mayhem of the ultimate warrior you have and a copy i do as a matter of fact i i really enjoyed it even though it's very i mean warrior sued them over it so it wasn't it's very one-sided in making him look extremely bad oh yeah but some of the stories are very funny and they are christian's impression of him they're getting a promo very hilarious spot on so uh, there, there is some good to see in there and but take it some of it with a grain of salt. And this was
5: also bef- way before they patched things up and and he ended up going into the Hall of Fame and all that. Oh, business. many, yeah, many years. Way before that. And um
4: but it is very interesting to check out if you haven't seen it. And just to see the lengths that this company will go to, to take you apart, that they will make If they really have a problem with you, absolutely. That's why Brett came back for his DVD before his actual 2010 comeback or whatever, because he did that DVD in between or whatever. And he was scared that if he didn't, and I think it was, it's been alleged that they basically told him, if you don't be a part of this... You'll, it'll be like the Warrior DVD, and we'll just rip you to shreds, basically. You right. know? We'll just find everything everything bad about you and just take you apart and then sell it and then make yeah. money off of it. So, But yes, Jim Helwig, Ultimate Warrior, who had been out of the wrestling scene since 96. He had that very short run where he pinned Triple H at WrestleMania and killed uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's WrestleMania streak right off the bat, uh, beat him at WrestleMania 12. We, we thank him for doing that got into a feud with Gold Dust, uh, started a feud with Jerry Lawler wearing a hat, and uh, then split the scene. Anyway. The picture
5: that of Warrior that Lawler had, had drawn.
4: Oh, he smashed him. And he smashed it Right. But that
5: picture was badass looking.
4: I still, it was cool. It was cool looking with the lightning bolts and shit with Warrior standing. So Warrior um, had come back in 96. Not a good time for Ultimate Warrior to uh, try a comeback anyway because... The rise of Steve Austin was, you know, just beginning, you know, the characters, colorful characters, cartoons, superheroes, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, drink your milk is completely dead. Yeah, as soon as the NWO stepped on the scene in WCW, then the WWF would counter with their own version of Attitude. And so there's really not a place for a Warrior anyway, so he disappears. There was always a rumor that he was dead in a plane crash. I was actually told by kids at school, the Warrior is dead. And I believed it because there was no internet to like go fact check. There was a little bit of an internet, but there was no way to fact check.
5: I was not aware that he had wrestled outside of this match. I was led to believe up till he was going into the Hall of Fame that this was his last match.
4: Oh, right, yeah, he did uh, that one in Australia. He did an Australia match. And it's a, you can go on
5: YouTube and watch it from start to finish. It's a awesome match. It's him and Elijah Burke.
4: Oh yeah. Well, the crowd's really into it because it's uh, enough time had passed, I think, yeah. to uh, to forgive him for what happens tonight at uh, Halloween Havoc. This pay per view also, uh, it's October- lost,
5: It lost signal, did it not?
4: Oh, this was yes. Well, we'll talk about that. It's October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. No. What happened on this pay-per-view, Patrick, was back in the ye old days of pay-per-view, wrestling companies would book. You book time on a satellite. You book time on the pay-per-view channel. And so they would always book three hours. And so every wrestling pay-per-view would be slightly shorter than that because they would leave enough time so if something overran or something ran long, they would have some pad that they could still show it. So that's why most wrestling shows don't go exactly three hours. Because it's hard to time out wrestling to an exact... It's not an exact science. Yeah. So they would book three hours. Well, this show went over by like 45 minutes or like 35 minutes. It went over. And well, when you run over, you can't just keep going. They've got a movie or something coming on behind you. They've got a schedule to keep the cable companies due. So they'll cut you. And so a lot of cable providers cut the signal... Uh, about a minute or two into the main event, so you did not get to see DDP and Goldberg, and so the next night on Nitro, they had to show it for free, to you know people just watching Nitro, and they I'm sure a lot of cable providers had to issue refunds because people were furious. We ordered this pay per view, and when this happened,
5: my dad was so mad that he had my mother up till three a.m. with Comcast.
4: Giving them a piece of their mind. Giving but.
5: him a... Yeah. They were, I could only imagine. They were on the phone with Comcast, and we got our... We got... Basically, we got our money back, and we got to watch the pay-per-view for free the following night on Tuesday. Because... Oh, right. Because they would do they the would replay. Re, they would do the encore replay. And he said... Uh, he was going oh, well, we'll just let you have the encore for free or whatever on Tuesday night. And he's like, well, hell, I'm going to watch uh, Nitro tomorrow night. I'm going to find out what I missed.
4: Right. There's no and way so, to make it right, basically. No. Because
5: once it's over, it's over. And so, yeah, we actually ended up getting our money back for this pay-per-view.
4: Yeah, you and a lot of other people did. And so this is uh, on those... Anytime WWE talks about the failings of WCW, they bring up this show. And one of the reasons this show ran over is because it had a lot of filler on it. All these Nitro Girl performances. Paul
5: and Nash went forever. Oh,
4: yeah. Sting being loaded into the ambulance. That
5: took forever.
4: And a Hogan interview that went nowhere. And they played a Conan music video, which thankfully is cut from this network Yeah, thank God. But all of that.
5: The, uh, what else was there?
4: This Uh, network version still runs 3.15. Steiner? The Steiner. Oh, the Steiner and the Buff thing, yeah. Yeah, the Steiner match alone went forty-five minutes. Well, yeah, because it was two matches. You got two matches for the price of one, Patrick. But the an unannounced tag team title match. The interview itself
5: to build for that match went thirteen minutes. Then you get the tag match. Then you get
4: a singles match. There was a lot of fill. Well, and all these matches that didn't mean a fucking thing that could have been cut completely. Lodi and Saturn. Uh, the Disco Inferno qualifier match against Hoovy. The fin- Disco Inferno match against Kidman. Fin- Finley, Alex Wright, Wrath. I mean, there is a lot of stuff on this show that could have. Been oh, Wrath cut. and Ming. I actually enjoyed Wrath and Ming. It was short enough, but I it has no pl- these these are nothing matches. These are Raven, unannounced. Raven and
5: Jericho was interesting too. I enjoyed it.
4: It's sad. The First match, yeah, Raven and Jericho might have been a contender for match of the night. That's yeah, it, it wasn't even that great of a match. It was okay. Opera music plays over footage of Hogan and Warrior, Goldberg and DDP, Brett and Sting and Hall and Nash. Now, this,
5: as we're going into this, this has the capabilities of being the greatest one of the greatest pay per views of all time.
4: Yeah, you tell me that card without context of where all these characters were, what year it was. I'm in. I mean, you're looking at some of the greatest.
5: Some all of the greatest, these Hall of Famers. You're right. Some of the greatest of all time. You've got, you know, Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. You've got Hall versus Nash. Yeah, the breakup of the Outsiders. You've got Brett versus Sting. Right. The you, Battle of the Sharpshooter. Hogan Warrior, Goldberg DDP. You, you don't mention titles. Don't mention timeframe. Yeah. You just look at that card and you're thinking, Dude, this is this is going to be a
4: badass pay-per-view. Oh, definitely. They dropped this so bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll get into it at the end, but there I there's a few notable people that didn't make the card that I just am baffled because WCW Heat. Rick Flair? Yeah. Uh WCW had one of the best rosters ever. Yeah. And you you get a card like this, it's all that has a like you said, these four matches these are pretty good matches, but then you're like, well, where's where's such and such? Where's such and such? No explanation. Yeah. No, I, they're just not there. Last year at Halloween Havoc 97, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero had one of the best matches. Some people say it's the best match in the history of WCW. Guess I, who's not on the card tonight? Neither one of them. That's fucking insane to me. Yeah. That is
5: just... Well, it did win match of the year in, in 1997. Yeah, Dave Meltzer. Yeah, Meltzer. I mean, yeah. Pro Wrestling Illustrated named it Match of the Year in 1997.
4: so Did make the card this year. Sorry, guys. We just don't have enough time but for But like you. you said, no flair. And this was a month after the Horseman Reunion. Yeah. The night after War Games. Yeah. Or the week after War Games, one or the other. They just started a Horseman Reunion. Not a single fucking Horseman to be found. Nope. <laughs> what is this? What is going on here? This isn't hard work. Booking isn't, you know. It is hard work, but then it's not. When is
5: this when Nash was already starting to groom into book be Booker? I think the power was definitely. It was shifting because, because th- I'm telling you right now, this they milked this shit with Nash and Hall way
4: too long. Oh, and I. We'll get into it in the match, but the story they're trying to tell in the match, it starts out, I think it's actually got... It's going somewhere yeah. where Nash is like, I'm not going to fight you. You're yeah. just going to have to beat me. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, he just fights him
5: Yeah. for no he reason. He just hauls off and knocks the shit out of him.
4: And then doesn't even pin him or anything or, or say, like, you know, you need to get... There's no resolution. Yeah. But I thought the match started. I thought the... Like it had a good concept. Well, especially, yeah, when Tony's like, oh, he's not fighting him. He refuses to fight him. I'm like, this is actually a really cool, even though it's an angle. You shouldn't do this on a pay-per-view. This is like a nitro. This should be done on a nitro. But,
5: you know, here it is. It's, he's getting in there to try to talk some sense. Right, it. it's, like it's like
4: an intervention. Yeah. It had... But then it doesn't turn, it's not one. Yeah. Anyway.
5: And yeah. then it, it's an intervention of a different sort where he beats the shit out of him and just leaves
4: him there. <laughs> so it just, it makes no sense whatsoever. Tony, Bobby, and Mike Tenay have the call tonight, as they do quite often. A match that is eight and a half years in the making. I didn't all, WCW kind of annoyed me when they would promote rematches that they didn't have the original match. Yeah. They're doing a rematch from another federation. Yeah. Sort of strange, but they, look, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Heenan puts on a mask to scare Tony because, of course, it's Halloween. <laughs> the Nitro Girls debuted on pay-per-view, a move that would prove very costly to WCW. They would not be doing a lot of pay-per-view Nitro Girl dances in the future because of what happened with the timing issue here. That's true. Mean Gene brings out Rick Steiner to start the show. This is how you start the show off hot, folks, a Rick Steiner interview. Rick is going to take on Scott tonight. Ooh, ooh. Rick says the hound is in the pound and he's ready to get down. Then Buff Bagwell, as a face, comes out and backs Rick up. Now, here's how stupid Rick is, and I didn't realize this until later on. So Buff Bagwell was injured on Thunder nearly. Well, he did break his neck. He broke his neck on Thunder at the hands of Rick Steiner that he did a botched uh, the Bulldog. Yeah. So he breaks his neck. He's out for months. He comes back. And he comes back in a wheelchair with his mom pushing his wheelchair, and he's a face. He's face Buff Bagwell. Yeah. And we're like, oh, he's done with the NWO. But then Swerve, like the next week on Nitro, he pops out of the wheelchair, joins the NWO again, and says, I'm the stuff, and just totally shits all over that. Yeah. Then a few weeks later, the week before this pay-per-view, Patrick, decides, he, you know what? I take it back. I don't want to be the NWO anymore. And he,
5: ta- he, sw- he takes the chair, and he swings at Scott. Right. He doesn't hit Scott. No, he doesn't hit Scott. He swings it at Scott, and Scott ducks and gets out of the ring.
4: And here tonight, Buff says, You know what? I want to come be in your corner, buddy. And Rick Steiner, despite seeing what's happened with this guy over the last few weeks, just says, Okay, that's cool. Yeah. You can totally be in my come corner, on,
2: dude. Tonight, Gene, it's not brother against brother. He's just another opponent that I'm going to come out here and teach him a lesson. Tonight, Gene. It's the Hound in the Pound, and I'm gonna get down!
0: Well, you gotta take a look at what's happened to Scott. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. Here's the man that's been aligned with your brother. Buff Bagwell, Marcus Bagwell, what in the world are you doing here tonight?
2: You know, Rick, I ain't had much of a chance to explain what happened last week. But I think everybody out here knows Buff Bagwell has a change of heart. And we're all sick of Big Papa Pump, am I right?
0: I think you got your answer.
2: And I know you're sick of him. What I'm trying to say, Rick Steiner, is the NWO don't work one-on-one. I know. I've been there for two years, bro. How they work is they win however it takes. What I'm trying to say right here in Las Vegas is let me be in your corner. Let me watch your back. Woo-woo-woo-woo.
0: Okay, uh, I, I don't know if those arrangements, you know, we've got an executive committee here, and of course, James J. Dillon, the chairman of that committee, probably would have to render a decision on that.
2: You know, Buff, you know I haven't seen eye to eye on a lot of things. I don't know if I can trust you. Kenny? Look at my eyes, Rick. I know you saw last week when I swung that chair over your head at your brother. It wasn't the chair, it was what was in these eyes. You look in these eyes, you can see a guy that is ready to watch your back. You're you're telling me you're done with the NWO? You wanna come watch my match, watch my back? My brother tries anything, you're gonna be there. If you gotta get up in his face, smack the heck out of him, punch him, kick him, do whatever you gotta do, you're gonna do that for me. I'm going to do it for you.
0: Woo, 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 Well, apparently, a little solidarity here between Buff Bagwell. We're going to do it, G. Rick Steiner. Buff, you can
2: be in my corner. You can be my partner. We'll do it. We'll so, get it done here in
0: Las Vegas. Let's woo. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Buff Bagwell in the corner
2: of Rick Steiner tonight.
4: Right now, let's take you up to the ring and the launchpin. David Pinzer. So, okay. And the crowd boos this, by the way. They already know this is fucking shenanigans. This is a waste of our time. So your opening <laughs> segment has already attracted booze from the crowd. This this right here is
5: probably Rick Steiner's biggest accomplishment
4: in wrestling history
5: this night right here.
4: Well, that's pretty sad. He did have a singles match against Goldberg when Goldberg returned in uh in 1999...
5: You can't tell me that you don't think as a singles competitor this isn't the highest of highs? Because he, he looked like a million bucks tonight.
4: I thought he looked okay. He looked, but... like, he looked like Ric Flair tonight. Oh, I don't know about that. Raven is out to his WWF theme, and Jericho's out to his WWF theme, as this is on the network, and they've both been dubbed over, so it was very strange. What about me? What about Raven? Raven's lost his flock, and he's been losing all his matches. He says this match against Jericho wasn't even booked. And says he doesn't want to wrestle, and he just walks out. What a good way to start the night. The wrestler's telling you, he doesn't want a chance. You guys. He doesn't
5: want a chance to win the TV title. He is given an opportunity to challenge. Fuck to that. TV I don't want t- that shit. Yeah, and he walks away from it.
4: Jericho says, hey, guess what? I don't want to be here either, which I... I sort of think is a shoot actual comment from Jericho knowing that Jericho wanted out of the company. Yeah, Jericho says, I don't want to be here either, but all these Jericho-holics came to see me wrestle and Jericho equals rock and roll. Not exactly the coolest statement. Jericho tells Raven that he leads morons and idiots in the flock and tell him he doesn't have what it takes anymore and that he's a loser.
1: You know what? Raven... Since you don't really feel like wrestling to be quite honest with you, I don't really want to be here either. So if you don't want to wrestle, it doesn't bother me at all, but there's one problem. All the Jericho-holics in Las Vegas came here tonight to see me wrestle because Chris Jericho equals buy rates, Chris Jericho equals rear ends in the seats, And Chris Jericho equals rock and roll. Rock rock and roll? But also, I'm a little bit disappointed because I really wanted to wrestle against such an icon like Raven. I mean, what a talented individual. Leader of the flock. The biggest gang of morons and idiots in professional wrestling. Oh my. So if you don't want to wrestle me, Raven, that's fine. But to be honest with you, I think I can whip your butt in about two minutes because you don't got what it takes anymore, you loser!
4: Well, you know what? Raven's not going to stand for that, brother. He wasn't going to wrestle, but them's fighting words. Raven comes running back in. Jericho assaults Raven with Raven's jacket and then does his foot on the chest yeah, baby, pin attempt, which never gets a pinfall, ever. I,
5: I, I, for one
4: time, I just want to see Jericho's him. last match, it should actually work. It
5: should actually work, and it'd be a pin, one, two, three.
4: Jericho does a nice springboard drop kick that sends Raven to the floor. He tries a diving elbow off the apron and ends up eating the guardrail. Jericho takes down the turnbuckle pad as we've got heel versus heel in this match. Then Raven powerbombs Jericho and catapults him into the exposed buckle, that gets a two-count that the audience actually bought as a near-fall. Jericho gets the lion tamer that looked more like the walls of Jericho, but Raven gets to the ropes. Raven hits the even flow, and Jericho kicks out at two, which pops the crowd again. Jericho low-blows Raven and Germans him for a two-count. Then Canyon, all of a sudden, who better than Canyon, tries to interfere on Raven's behalf, but gets knocked off the apron by Jericho, Raven tries to even flow again, but instead gets thrown into the lion tamer and taps. And Chris Jericho retains his television title in what turns out to be almost match of the night. In a match that I thought was good, but uh, in between those big near-fall spots, they didn't really do much. No. It was just kind of uh, nothing. And then Canyons never explained uh, why he's there, what he was doing. So yeah, that was that. Up next, Eric Bischoff shows off his new haircut. Easy e got a shaved head look. And that dimple thing. I don't know what that's all about. What is that? (laughs) He takes his index fingers and he grinds his dimples. Smiles and just grinds his fingers in his dimples. It's hilarious. Bischoff says Hulk Hogan represents family values. 2017, I don't think he does. (laughs) Hogan explains why he kicked Horace out of the NWO family. By whipping him with the belt. That's my dead brother's son. We had a Hogan family feud on Nitro, and Horace was kicked out of the... Man, uh, he split his head wide open, though, with that chair shot. Big stitches. Hogan's going to wipe the paint off Warrior's face. Well, he did accomplish that, and he's going to leave him laying tonight. And that's it from Hogan. Thanks. Then, Ming's music plays. Tony asks Bobby, hey, what do you think about that gargoyle brain? As the giant... Halloween Havoc Gargoyle. Brain mentions that he like dated her or something. Ming is going to take on the Monster Wrath. It's Ming versus Monster. Wrath takes Ming down with a big shoulder tackle. Ming hits the Kick of Fear for a two count. Ming hits a Backbreaker for a two count. Wrath hits his Death Penalty Rock Bottom that only gets a two count. Then he powers Ming up and over for the Pump Handle Slam. This Pump Handle Slam was so impressive. Well, because he had to pick up Ming. He had to deadlift Ming. He deadlifted 350-pound Ming. He hits the meltdown, as it's called, and gets the win. This was
5: without a doubt. If you don't watch anything in this match, at least watch the finish. Because he deadlifts Ming and hits this pump handle slam out of nowhere. And I'm sitting there with Tony and then because... Uh Shivani's going, I don't think he can get him up. And Heenan's like, well, hell no, we can't get him up. <laughs> He's
4: 350 some pounds. Well, they were trying to build up Wrath as a monster, and I guess this was a good job. Job well done. It's too bad that this match, you know, was heatless because yeah. the crowd didn't know it was going to happen. No. And it happened. Yeah. So... I always thought Rath had the look of a real, like he could have been a Goldberg, yeah, Yeah. but they just never, they could never figure it out, much like they could never figure out what to do with like, I don't know, anybody. Billy Kidman is backstage with WCW.com and he's previewing his Cruiserweight title match tonight with Lee Marshall, Tony the Tiger. Disco Inferno is out next. Instead of his disco ball that he's shown in as he walks down, he's on a pumpkin. Get it? Halloween Havoc. And he comes out. He's going to face Juventud Guerrera, and he's billed from the Federal District of Mexico. Bobby says that's the place where they pick up garbage on the side of the highway. (laughs) I don't think that's the case. I think it is. The winner. You know, when I think cruiserweights, I think of Disco Inferno. The winner of this match gets a cruiserweight title shot. Later on tonight, there's
5: no way in hell he is Chris White. He is not 205 or less. Oh, I,
4: <laughs> I think the announcers even mentioned it. Uh, he ha, he wouldn't make weight. I don't. I think he's been cheating the scales a little bit. No Eddie Guerrero. No Eddie. No, no Ray, Rey Mysterio. But we disco. get Disco. Yeah, that's what you get.
5: No Ultimo Dragon. No.
4: No La Parka. No psychosis. No psychosis we get Disco. Guerrera monkey flips Disco out of the ring and head scissors him out onto the entryway. They get back in the ring and Disco hits an inverted atomic drop and clotheslines Hoovy. Disco goes outside the ring to avoid a springboarding Hoovy. And so Hoovy decides to hit a Pescado to Disco out on the outside of the ring. Hoovy calls for the Hoovy driver, but Disco fights his way out of it, eventually downing Hoovy with a swinging neckbreaker. Disco does the Macarena. Hello, 1998. And nearly gets pinned by Hoovy. Disco does the giant swing to Hoovy. a young Cesaro looked on. And then headbutts, Hoovy in the groin as he's so dizzy from his big giant swing. Disco looks for a top turnbuckle leg drop, but Hoovy hits a hurricane rana instead, then hits a top turnbuckle spinning kick and gets a two count. Disco hits a jumping pile driver yeah. to Hoovy. This was impressive. And wins the match. Yeah. And we'll face Kidman. He
5: he spiked him. For the Cruiserweight title. He spiked him. This was impressive.
4: I was really shocked to see Disco go to this extreme. Well, it's shocking that in 1998, Disco had probably been with this company for four years at least. More. Probably five. And he still doesn't know his finishing move. Because he always changes his finishing move. Yeah, it's a stunner. Eventually he'd be doing, yes, a Stone Cold Stunner. Which is... While Steve Austin is wrestling in the other company, like yeah, very weird, but yeah, there that's what you that's what you have tonight to look forward to: a big title match with Disco Inferno and Billy Kidman. More Nitro girls, plus Tony teases Conan's new music video tonight. Woohoo! Which was unfortunately cut out of this broadcast on the network. Big Papa Pump comes out with a microphone, which this what did have me excited because anytime Scott Steiner has a microphone. You Magic can. is about to happen. <laughs> Big Papa Pop, it's your hookup. Holler if you hear me. Oh yeah. I'll be including this full promo. You know,
2: I'm standing here in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the town that never sleeps. But you see, I've been going for thirty days and thirty nights with a freak on my left, a freak on my right, and one in a box. So being in Las Vegas is a night off for me. So I'm just here to tell you, Big Papa Pump is in town and he's ready to pound. So this goes to all you freaks out there. Big Papa Pump is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. Now, I just heard that sniveling, crying little mama's boy, Marcus Buff Bagwell, come out here and say he wants to be behind my brother's back someone I've beat up my whole life. Now, Marcus, I knocked you down in Chicago in front of your mother. And I beat my brother up all my life. So you guys are a bunch of losers. But if you want to make this match interesting, why don't you tag up with my brother? And I'm going to tag up the man with the largest arms in the world. We'll tag up with the largest human being in the world, the giant. And to make this match interesting, because the NWO does whatever they want. We'll wrestle you for the world tag team titles. Ain't that right, John? You ready to take out them two punks for the world titles? You know, you look at it like this. You've got a barking dog that's got no bite, and you've got a pretty boy that's got no guts. So Big Papa Pump and the Giant are going to have a little food tonight. You get what I'm saying? uh, Excuse me, gentlemen, I just want to make sure I, I heard correctly. Did I hear you say that you feel that your brother and Marcus Bagwell have so little a chance that you two will meet them in a tag match and put the titles on the line? Did I hear you say that right? There is no way that those two punks will beat the largest man in the world, the man with the largest arms in the world. So why wouldn't we put up the World Tag Team titles? Because we're the NWO and you're not.
4: He's been going out with freaks on his left and freaks on his right. He's in town and he's ready to pound. Big Papa pumps your hook up. Holler if you hear him. (laughs) He's changing his match tonight to a tag match. For the World Tag Team, he can just book himself. He's going to take the Tag Team titles, which are held by Scott Hall and the Giant. Yes. Yes. And he's going to go ahead and take Scott Hall's, and going to go ahead and somehow the freebird rule applies to the entire NWO. I didn't know this.
5: I wasn't aware of this either.
4: That Virgil could step in and be the tag team champion anytime so he what, wanted. What to. if I want to be the world heavyweight
5: title? Yeah, is I, that freebird I, rule too? Can I step in for Hogan? That's a
4: good idea. A group where the singles title can float around the members, like the New Day. If they win the U.S. if, if Biggie wins the U.S. title, Kofi can defend it. There you go. I think they we're on to something here. We are. Giant smoking giant tonight, by the way. Smoking I guess a cigarette. With yeah, Hall. Hall was the drinker and he was the smoker. They yeah. were like the bad influences. He's trying to keep his light down. He still vapes to this day. He's a big vapor. Really? Biggest vapor. Technically, I guess. Yeah, in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But he's like in like vaping magazines and shit. He loves smoking. Really? This was like not a work. Like he loves smoking. So this, really? Yeah. I did not know that he did this. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. So check that out sometime. Big Show Vaping. Uh, J.J. Dillon just happens to be standing around and he says, you know what? I know I'm the commissioner, but that sounds good. Uh, but if you do this and you lose the tag team title match fifteen minutes, you'll have to face Rick Steiner one on one. For fifteen minutes in the ring. Not a problem, I got this. No big deal. NBD. Fit Finley is out next to battle. Alex Vite. Boring chance break out for this heatless match. Wright wins with a neck breaker in five oh nine. And yeah, guess what? This match happened. You didn't talk about the,
5: the background of this. What was the background? Alex Wright's father was a wrestler. Okay. And he had his career ended suddenly by Fit fit Finley.
4: Wow. So this was the son coming to avenge.
5: He was coming to avenge his father's. Career being ended suddenly.
4: That's crazy that you listened to the. I got. I did not hear. I watched this and I did not hear this. Yeah. You, so you've already done a better job than WCW did of telling me what's going on. Yes.
5: He's avenging his father's loss of income
4: for the rest of his life. Fit Finley put Alex right in the poorhouse, basically. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Lee Marshall's backstage with the cat Ernest Miller. Ernest just wants everyone to know he's the greatest and he's the real deal. He says he's undefeated, which, by the way, they were promoting Wrath as undefeated as well. So now they're trying to start multiple Goldberg streaks. Yeah, that's that's the only way they know how to get someone over. Everybody wants to say they're undefeated now. <laughs> Lodi is out next. He is certainly not undefeated. Oh joy, Perry Saturn. Now, I love boy, Lody. Perry Saturn. Boy, if you. Give an award for best dressed tonight. It's going to be Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn is dressed as what I call a stripping biker army ranger in a beret. Bobby says he's he's got a beret. Yeah, a little... uh, Beret? Hooray. Bobby says he's been shopping at Ace Hardware (laughs) because he's got a metal vest, which Bobby had some great one-liners tonight. Saturn has been hitting the tanning bed, and he probably couldn't take a wellness test because he was fucking jacked. He was jacked. He looked like he was seven feet tall. Yeah. Like, he was, man, this dude was bursting at the seams.
5: And he was not there to play games or joke around. He was all Uh, He was not happy about having this match. No. He was, he was, he wanted to get in there, get it over with, and go home.
4: Now, one thing Saturn has is Saturn tattooed across his chest. Now, would you get your gimmick name tattooed across your chest? Are you that dedicated? What you don't understand is under this referee shirt, Uh Uh-huh. There actually is referee stripes. Wow. Tattooed on me. That's pretty... So you're always ready. I'm always ready. Lodi tries to leave because fuck this match. So Lodi just keeps trying to run away. He's more interested in grabbing his signs. Well, his signs are very important to him. Saturn hits a nasty leg sweep that looked like it knocked the wind out of Lodi. A belly-to-belly from Saturn, followed by a nasty T-bone suplex. He hits... Saturn sort of hits a Mishinoku driver to Lodi and then hits the Death Valley driver and wins the match in 3 minutes and 50 seconds. Another match that could have been cut. We go back to the announcer's table where Buff face turned on Nitro against Scott and helped Rick to his feet and threw off his NWO shirt. So just a recap there. More Nitro Girls. More Disco Inferno. It's already time for the Cruiserweight title match. I was enjoying the Nitro Girls tonight. They were doing some very. Uh, I guess they told them to be edgier since they were on pay per view because they were being edgier. They're chair dancing. I've never. This is just my personal opinion, but people doing coordinating, coordinated dances, dance routines like dance troops. I don't really get any sort of like. That doesn't really turn me on in yeah. any sort of way. Like, so. Yeah, tonight they kind of almost did that, but not really. Because, I'm sorry, i just seeing people dance in lines, you know, yeah. like, troop dancing, it just is like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So Kidman is out in his jorts in his white tank top. He's going to face Disco. He hits a bulldog to Disco off the stairs, out on the mats. Ouch. Kidman misses a top turnbuckle splash. They get back in the ring. And Kidman almost hits a clothesline from hell on Disco Inferno. Disco hits the pile driver on Kidman. Oh, but he's too winded from his match earlier tonight he can't to make cover. cover. So by the time he does, he only gets a two count. Kidman tries an acid drop on Disco, but Disco converts it to a sidewalk slam. A gourd buster to Kidman gets a two count for Disco. He tries the macarena pile driver again, but instead Kidman counters it into his sit out buster. Then he hits his shooting star press, one of the best-looking, I say it every time, the best-looking shooting star in the business. And he wins the match, entertains the cruiserweight title. Hey, that was a really great shooting star. Can we see a replay of it? No. Fuck you. Time for the next match. Anything to say about disco and what
5: the fuck were they doing here? They were really forcing Glenn Gilberti down people's
4: throats. They really wanted to build up disco. And he just, it wasn't working. No. It never worked. Time for the tag team title match with Big Papa Pump and the Giant defending the belts. The champs are out first. Like I mentioned earlier, these are actually Giant and Scott Hall's tag team belts, but free bird rule, apparently. Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell are out next. This is Buff's first match following his neck injury on Thunder. And this is Smoking Giant, by the way, and he is smoking a cigarette as this match starts. Yeah, walks to the ring smoking a cigarette another thing cut out of this show I guess Chucky from Child's Play the scary movie Bride of Chucky this was the infamous angle where Chucky showed up on Nitro to support Rick Steiner and Tony mentions Rick has the support of Chucky who might have been in the crowd maybe this got cut as well but how would Chucky be in the crowd maybe the doll was in the aisle way or something I don't know it's Halloween man that's true Rick tees off on Scott with an inverted atomic drop in several right hands, clubbing right hands. He no-sells an atomic drop from Scott, which you should still sell that a little bit, and levels him with a clothesline. Bagwell tags in and, shocked to nobody, puts the boots to Rick. Bagwell turns again. Dumb Rick Steiner believed Bagwell after he already told us he was in the NWO a couple weeks ago. So Bagwell just says, fuck off. I'm out of here. Yep. So now it's a handicap match with two-on-one Giant and Scott against Rick. The heels put the boots to Rick until he stops it with punches, but Scott low-blows him to end the comeback. The Giant, the Giant hits a missile drop kick. That's right, that Giant. Paul White, after smoking a cigarette, does this athletic feat of strength. 457 million pounds. Yeah, He hits a missile drop kick, but it misses Rick and hits Scott. Rick hits his top turnbuckle bulldog on Giant, and Rick Steiner by himself wins the tag team titles. Is your tag team champion, which would lead to him getting that dude from High Voltage, Kenny Chaos, to be is that co-champion. Is, really, I think this is where it came from. Yeah, okay. But this also means he gets Scott all by himself. You and, think? You're right. Of course, with the NWO, it's never it's never one on one, is it? So yeah, as Rick is grabbing Scott
5: to try to pull him back into the ring. Scott's saying no.
4: Yeah, he's saying, no, he's, I'm not going to
5: fight. He's, even though he agreed to it. He's shit getting out of there. Giant gets punched again, trying to ward, ward him off. He fights off Giant, finally gets Scott back in the ring, and here we go. Yeah, big clubbing forearms, just beating the shit out of he him. He is yeah. owning Scott. And then out of nowhere, you see... He suplexes him.
4: Rick suplexes Scott a few times.
5: Oh, He had a Steiner line on Scott, and I was like, thank God. I'm so glad that you know what it feels like because you've been throwing it to so many people throughout the years.
4: Those Steiner lines are ugly. Then for no reason, the man we just saw leave. Yeah. We have Bill Clinton. (laughs) Bill Clinton is going to interfere in this match. He jumps the the guardrail.
5: The president of the United States at this point in time (laughs) jumps the guardrail, knocks out security. Stevie Ray gives him a slapjack. Stevie Ray hands him a slapjack. He climbs in and sneaks up behind Rick Steiner and just whacks Rick Steiner with the in the back of the head with slapjack. Slapjacks him and slapjacks poor old Charles Robinson. That's true. And then all of a sudden you realize that's not the president. <laughs> As he pulls his mask off, it is Buff the Stuff Bagwell.
4: Which there's no reason for him to have... Wore a disguise. No. Because it didn't help. Us. It wasn't a surprise at all. Like, it was still a surprise because he came out of the crowd. You got to think about this, though.
5: The man was in jeans, okay? He went, he went He back. There was enough time that he was from the start to the finish of this match. There was. He enough made it time, so much more complicated. There was enough time for him to go change out of his jeans into a tuxedo, put a mask on, and walk around Through
4: the crowd. Yeah, well, and also, what an idiot because he fucked the NWO out of the tag team titles. Why did he even leave to begin with other than he wanted to cosplay as Bill Clinton? Yeah. And yeah, he went to the dressing room, changed, then walked out of the dressing room, walked all the way through the arena, all the way back around Yeah. to just fight, which he was already out there doing. Yeah. Exactly. It hurts my head the logic that He used here. There was none. I mean, Eric Bischoff was on something. This was uh, when he was thinking about really
5: special. And so Scott then goes to cover him. Buff, Buff is this a
4: legal move to do? I can take your lifeless hand and make the count.
5: We'll see. We've seen Austin do it in the past. Oh, that's true. So Buff grabs the referee's hand. One, two. Rick kicks out. He's still alive. Grab that mother and put him on the top rope. Frankensteiner. All right. So he sits him up. Scott hits a Frankensteiner on Rick. Pins him. Buff grabs the referee,
4: slides him over there. One, two, and he kicks out again. Rick eventually gets a top rope bulldog to Scott. And then Nick Patrick, out of nowhere, saves the day, slides in, and makes a three count. And Rick Steiner, despite being at a huge disadvantage here. Three to one. Four to one if you actually want to count Stevie Ray. Overcomes all the odds, takes home the title belts, and wins a blood feud with his brother all in the course of about 30 minutes, which is way too long. This match was long. But this is what I'm saying. This this match
5: made Rick Steiner look like a million. It it made him look like Ric Flair. Well, he definitely overcame the odds. It literally made him look like a million bucks. This had to be the highest
4: point in his career. Well, that's really sad. That's not sad. You don't want Halloween Havoc 98 as your greatest moment. Anybody. Why? Not after the what uh, what uh, the other stuff that happens
5: tonight. Well, I'm not worried about the other stuff. I'm only worried about me.
4: Oh, well, he had a great night. I'm sure he thought this night went swimmingly well. See?
5: That's what I'm saying.
4: And he didn't question why Buff Bagwell went all the way around the arena to get a Bill Clinton mask at all. <laughs> so can
5: we wrestle as Bill Clinton in 2K18?
4: He's uh, definitely a community creation. I see all the presidents in there. (laughs) A promo recaps the feud. The feud. The Outsiders Explode is coming up next. We saw Real Brothers fight. Now we're going to see, you know, Blood blood Brothers fight. Scott keeps turning on Nash. Nash keeps giving Scott Hall a chance to be his friend. And time after time, this guy punches him in the back of the head. How many times am I going to let you punch me in the back of my head before I'm like, fuck it? I'm not your friend anymore. but now We have a lot to say about this. Nash won't let go. It's drunk Scott Hall again. Fantastic. He's out drinking vodka in quotation marks. It's a cup of water. Hall comes out. Nash then comes out. Hall, instead of a toothpick tonight, throws the vodka, allegedly, in Nash's face, which burns. Oh, it burns. Burns his eyes. It's just water, though. Burns his eyes. And so then he puts the boots to Nash, He hits Kevin Nash with David Pinzer's microphone and then chokes Kevin Nash with the camera cable. This is very violent. Someone yells to Nash, nice blade job, as Nash bleeds for half a second from this attack. The referee cleans him up, and then he never bleeds again. (laughs) I don't know if... It might have been just some ketchup from dinner earlier in the night. Hall wants a microphone. He cuts a promo on Nash while Nash gets stitched up. What a pussy. Uh, Nash. Refuses to fight Hall. Now see, I thought this was a good like I said, this is a good storyline to this match. He's in the corner down I love you on too his much. Knees.
5: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you. They just keeps waving him on. He's not gonna throw a punch, but he's gonna take everything he's got and make him punch himself out and just be like, dude, see, I love you, I care about you, I'm not gonna hit you. You know, you wanna take your anger out on somebody, take it out on me. You know.
4: Which as much as we hate the drunk hall storyline I thought this still, this was a good idea for this match. Yeah. If it had followed through. But Nash, Out of nowhere. He can't let. He just hauls off and knocks the shit out of him. No, yeah. He can't let Hall have anything, you know. So Nash, after playing this storyline, the whole match says, you know what? Fuck it. And so he wakes up and hits a sidewalk slam on his good friend Scott Hall that he yes. wouldn't hurt. Hall escapes a Nash powerbomb attempt. He's going to powerbomb this guy that he was just a second ago. Not going to hurt. The camera zooms in on the ref handing Hall something, maybe a blade. Nash delivers some knee strikes to the corner on Hall, and as Nash is delivering these knee strikes, says, Have another drink, baby. Here, I got another one for you. You want a double? What an asshole this guy is. I thought he cared. Yeah. He doesn't care. No. This causes Hall to bleed somehow from these knee strikes to the gut. I don't know how the hell this happened. A big boot to Hall, and Nash hits not one, but two jackknife power bombs on his best friend that he's trying to save, Scott Hall, and then... Just leaves. Just walks out, refuses to pin him. Mickey J is standing there saying, he's
5: done, pin him, end this, and he just... Shrugs Mickey J off, steps over the top rope, and walks down the
4: aisle. This just violates every rule of storytelling to me. Like, Absolutely, this was without a doubt a cluster fuck. From it's the not get-go. a difficult narrative to understand. And no. and if Nash should let Hall beat him down or whatever, then here's how I would have written it: that Hall is beating Nash down, and some like before he does the Outsiders Edge or before the finishing blow. He recognizes he looks at his hands or something and recognizes, like maybe he's got some of Nash's blood on him or something and he realizes what he's done and he comes around and he actually realizes that he needs help yeah and then maybe he just hugs Nash and they both walk out yeah that's all you needed to do yeah but instead it just Nash turns it into a regular singles match and beats the fuck out of his friend yeah
5: and mocks him while doing so
4: and he's the babyface, right? <laughs> he's our hero.
5: Makes no sense.
4: Just so this makes the the drunk hall feud even uh, the drunk hall thing even worse because this was the payoff. This was it. Yeah. And then you know Hall would basically he would be in and out of the company, but I mean he would disappear towards uh, you know the back end of '99. You'd never see him on WCW again. So how do you follow such a serious storyline with just? Crazy implications. Well, you follow it with nitro girls with multicolored wigs. I was enjoying this content, this uh dance routine. This was the dirty dance, yeah, I think. <laughs> I, I sound like a grandpa. It was they had chairs. Hey, they this, were was, chair- this was the dirty dance. Song. Oh, you dirty dancing, you ladies. You get together and you do your dirty dancing. <laughs> Up next, Bret Hart is out to his terrible WCW theme song. He's the U.S. champion, and he looks absolutely thrilled about it. I like this theme song. He's out first to take on the man called Wolfpack Sting with a goatee. It's Sting with a goatee, which I forgot ever existed other than in the video game where he has the goatee. Both
5: both of these playable characters, you can actually
4: relive this exact
5: match in 2K18. It's
4: true. They give you a heel Bret Hart, which is exactly the same as face Bret Hart.
5: Same entrance music, everything.
4: And and, s- and Wolfpack sting, wolf sting with the goatee and Halloween Havoc. Lots of stalling by Bret Hart to begin the match. Of course, this is the match, the showdown of the Sharpshooter. That's it.
5: Sharpshooter versus Scorpion Deathlock. Same move. Who is the real one, basically?
4: Right. Sting finally brings him into the ring, does some corner punches and an inverted atomic drop. Brett lands a nice DDT for a two-count. Sting tries the scorpion Deathlock, but Brett gets to the ropes. Brett sells a knee injury, but Sting doesn't care. He takes an object out of his trunks, Brett does, but Sting grabs him. It looks like some Nux. Billy Silverman then takes the Nux from Sting, and while he's doing that, Brett low-blows Sting. Oh, what a dirty heel. Backbreaker and a second rope elbow nets a two-count for Brett on Sting. Silverman goes to check on Sting, and Sting decks him accidentally. For good measure, Brett's like, oh, I'll leg drop him just to make sure. So he takes two ref bumps, and he is out. He is out, out. Sting superplexes Brett onto the leg of Billy Silverman. Onto, yes, the legs which of really Billy Which really sucked. I don't know if it
5: sucked for Billy Silverman or if it sucked for Brett, because he landed so hard on him.
4: Sting stinger splashes his own head on the metal part of the ring ropes. The camera guy was there to catch every minute of it. And then Brett grabs Sting's bat from the outside of the ring and beats the shit out of Sting with it, does a second rope bat strike to Sting's lifeless body, puts unconscious Sting in the sharpshooter, and Bret Hart retains the U.S. title in 1503 as they just lifted Sting's hand three times. And So the sharpshooter wins out over the clearly, scorpion Deathlock. Boy, Bret Hart is a terrible heel in the ring. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, Brett's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. Well, he kinda
5: is because he hated being in WCW. Oh well,
4: at this point, I mean, he, he had been there
5: almost a year,
4: and this—this was—I this was, mean, he was fighting with the NWO Hollywood last month in Fall Brawl. Yeah, like he was pissed about having to be doing this. I would be
5: too. He doesn't. He didn't even. He never wanted to even go there, and he didn't want the U.S.
4: title for sure. I don't think he wanted the world title when he had that run. Well, yeah. By then, the company was even in worse shape. I That's mean, what I'm saying. It takes ten minutes have for you seen, Sting to get stretchered out. Not to interrupt, but have you seen
5: the skit with him and when he was in WCW around this time on Mad TV?
4: Yeah, with Will Sasso,
5: where he just beats the shit out of him.
4: Yeah, and then the, uh, he did it in the ring to him. They did it on Nitro too. Really? Yeah, they brought the Mad TV guys in, and he did it in the ring too. I guess to get him over as a heel that he beats up comedians. I don't know. I
5: had never seen it till I stumbled across it. Somebody had posted it on Facebook, and I was...
4: Well, Sting gets stretched out for 10 minutes, and that means it's time for our co-main event. Yes. Eight and a half years in the making, WrestleMania six, because we needed to see it again. We This would do much better, surely, than that first match. This would blow that first match out of the water. First match was so good,
5: how could they not deliver twice? Let me tell you... They
4: dropped the fucking ball. Hogan is out first and uh Voodoo Child stubbed over. The rest of the NWO not out with him though. Not even Bischoff walked out with him. Wonder why. Warrior is out to a WCW version of his Ultimate Warrior theme song. It's actually not that bad. I was gonna shit on it, but it's actually It's really good. I decent, enjoy it. A decent cover, basically. Yeah. He runs to his ring and he does his warrior thing, but not quite as intensely as uh, the warrior of old would do it. Age is kind of starting to slowly creep up Yeah, on he's him. only 40 years old here and Hogan's 45, so that's, but they're certainly not uh, in their heyday. They're not spring chickens. Hogan and Warrior stall for ages. They do not, Hogan just walks Get him around. back! I'm going to kill him! Get him yeah. back! Warrior no-sells Hogan's punches to start the match. They finally exchange some arm bars. Oh, gosh! Oh, man. And Hogan bails outside to regroup. Warrior challenges Hogan to a test of strength, but Hogan rejects the idea. I've never seen a wrestler just flat out say no. Yeah, he flat out said no. So instead, he decides to club Warrior with strikes. They eventually do lock their wrists together in the corner, and Warrior tries to hulk up, but Hogan kicks him in the gut. Warrior and Hogan are in this test of strength hold, even though they're not really testing each other's strength, for ages before they exchange some wrist locks. Oh, boy. Hogan and Warrior, it's 1998, October of 1998. Guess what we're going to see now? A crisscross. They broke out a crisscross in October of 98. Yes. Before Warrior no-sells a Hogan scoop slam and then delivers one of his own. He dumps the last Hogan. crisscross Cross I saw was in their match in <laughs> nine, WrestleMania 6. The, well, this <laughs> was the night the crisscross Cross was retired. He dumps Hogan outside the ring. Nick Patrick takes a bump from Hogan. And Hogan drops a knee on Nick Patrick just to make sure. So refs are getting a really bad Refs deal are tonight. getting tore up tonight. Hogan calls for some help from the back, and here we go. Here come his buddies. The giant is out first. The giant in only the giant fashion, fucks this up and boots Hogan, just like when he debuted at St. Valentine's Day Massacre and helped Austin win. Here tonight, he's booting Hogan in the face. He gets clotheslined out by Warrior, and he's done for the night. Warrior chases Stevie Ray and Vincent. Ooh, they sent the big dogs out to help Hogan. Hogan hits a back suplex on Warrior as he was checking on Nick Patrick. Hogan assaults Warrior with his belt. Ding, ding, ding. DQ, the match of the century is over. Nope. Nope, Nick Patrick lets it go, even though he's already been assaulted by these wrestlers. Warrior rolls away from Hogan's elbow drops and then sort of runs, rolls into Hogan and sort of botches a rolling away from an elbow. It's pretty amazing what happened here. Then... Warrior misses his ultimate splash. Oh, no. Warrior takes Hogan's belt off him and uses it on Hogan. Ding, ding, ding. DQ, the match is over. Nope. Still has to go. And that leads us into the spot of the century. Okay. Before we get into this, I'm going to let you in on a little wrestling insight. Yeah.
5: Okay. Flash paper. It's wax paper. You light it in the palm of your hand. Poof. Ball of fire out of nowhere. Okay. Instead of using flash paper, they decide they're going to use gauze. I don't understand why they used gauze. Somebody didn't make a trip to the special store like they were supposed to, and they had to halfway... Well,
4: Hogan had never used flash paper before.
5: This wasn't flash and this, paper. And this was his idea, too. This wasn't even flash paper. This was gauze that you wrap a sore in. And so he takes it, and he drowns the shit in lighter fluid. <laughs>
4: Yeah, he's over there making a potion.
5: He drowns this shit in lighter fluid. And if you drowned a thin piece of cloth in lighter fluid, you light it and then try to throw it, what do you think's going to happen? What happened to Hogan? He burned off his eyebrows. His eyebrows, part of his mustache, and
4: it pretty much his hand. And then Warrior had to act like it actually hit him for a second. Yeah. And this whole match... It wasn't going good to begin with, but that that killed. Now it's come anything, to a screeching halt. Anything that they could have done. Why would you not just go get flash paper? Why do this fire spot at all? It's just out
5: of character I for under, Hogan. I understand doing it because you got to kind of
4: I know Warriors doing all the 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 magical shit. You got to try to come smoke to, and literal mirrors when he appeared in the mirror on Nitro. That was badass by the way. Uh but Hogan isn't doing the mythical shit. No. So, so he doesn't need to fight him with fire. He fights him with the fucking pythons. So it was just a bad idea to begin with. And then the execution of it was only as Hogan and Warrior could do. Like if you light gauze
5: on fire, it's going to burn quickly. If you souse it down in lighter fluid, it's going to burn in
4: a millisecond. And burn it did. And explode it. Basically, did it was gone. There was uh, there was
5: no even turning to Warrior. It was gone by this point.
4: And then Warrior had to kick the uh, the some of the assembly away. And then Nick Patrick had to act like it didn't happen. It was just bad all around. So then, now we've got to figure out what to do. So Warrior hits a pair of axe handle smashes. Hogan is now bleeding somehow which I'm still confused as how that happened. He bladed, and he started dripping blood while he was trying to wrestle with the lighter. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I saw him dripping something. I thought it was just sweat. So Horace Hogan now comes out with a chair in his hand. Warrior fires up and hits multiple clotheslines to Hogan. Bischoff grabs Nick Patrick, presumably to tell him this is the new finish, and Horace hits Warrior with a chair, and Hogan pins him. One, two, three. So there you go. Nick Patrick should have DQ'd Hogan about three separate times, maybe four. But no bother. This
5: match was absolutely terrible.
4: Dreadful, yeah. Just about the worst thing I've seen in a while.
5: And I was really excited about Warrior being in WCW.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of people were. This crowd wasn't. This Vegas crowd hated this match from the start. Uh, I think this would have done a lot better had this been in Toronto. His War
5: Games match was the best one. One of his WCW run, I believe.
4: Well, and he was only in that for a second. Well, and what a run it was. He ran right out the door with a a million dollars or whatever they gave him. Probably more than that. Horace passed the test, brother. (laughs) Horace pours lighter fluid on Warrior. Now the match could have gotten really interesting. (laughs) But Doug Dillinger, who you spot from the corner of your eye, watches Horace pour this lighter (laughs) fluid on him and then decides to run in and save him. So Doug Dillinger is your hero here. He's the guy that looks the best. He's your baby face, and no you can't one can't be doing that. And no one lights Warrior on fire. The ultimate image of the ultimate Warrior is they cut to him after the NWO has left, and he's just laying in the ring, covered in what a fucking loser this guy is. Yeah, just buried. Yeah, just
5: destroyed. That's I agree. And and I've seen interviews where Warrior said he went back to WCW. He went to WCW strictly for this match, but he was led to think that he was going to win. And had he known that he was going to lose and to be made to look like a fool that he was, that they made him look like,
4: he would not have gone. No, of course not. This was all, this was just to feed Hogan's ego and get his win back. Because Hogan thinks that this is a real sport and that You know, he's got to get a win back that he can't just go along with it. You know, just let it be. I can't be. Can't uh, let that one on the record stand, brother. Yeah, I can't. I can't let somebody have have one up me on anything. And I mean, even in that match, I mean, Warrior won the original match with a roll up or whatever. Right. Or no, he, he pins him after the splash. But Hogan basically kicks out at three. Like yeah. he doesn't even give him a good yeah. pinfall. Yeah, it's not clean. It's not a clean victory. And then when Warrior is celebrating, Hogan's standing there, whining, crying like a bitch. About hands, the count.
5: hands him the belt instead of just getting yeah. the hell out of the way and letting me have my
4: moment. Can't let anybody no, have the spot. I agree. That's for another day, though. So there you go. Michael Buffer is out for our main event. If you're watching at home on cable, then you're probably just, leaving. You just saw the <laughs> you end. You just night. saw your main event. <laughs> he mentions the Nevada Athletic Commission and future UFC owner Lorenzo Fertita, who was on the commission here. DDP is out first, followed by the champion Goldberg. And now this is the one thing WCW is doing right, is Gold- is Goldberg, because the crowd woke up for the first time since probably Jericho's match. They actually woke up. Or Steiner. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a couple times maybe for like the Frankensteiner and stuff. Like Yeah, here this is about the pinnacle, really. Of his run as champion. So Goldberg is out. He gives DDP a few shoves. And then they go tumbling to the floor. DDP's frizz level on his hair. This guy had so much volume in that poofy hair. Goldberg applies a cross arm breaker, but DDP gets to the ropes. DDP looks for the diamond cutter, but Goldberg shoves him out of the ring. DDP gets back in, but gets bumped right back out. A Russian leg sweep to Goldberg nets a two count from DDP. A sidewalk slam to... DDP gets a two count from Goldberg. Goldberg misses a spear and goes crashing outside. Goldberg gets back in the ring. DDP hits a flying clothesline off the top turnbuckle. Goldberg whips DDP to the ropes. DDP comes back with a float over DDT to Goldberg. Calls for the diamond cutter. The crowd goes wild, but gets speared, which goes the crowd goes even more mental for. Was yeah. the spear. Absolutely. But uh-oh. Goldberg has injured his right arm in the spear and he can't quite lift him for the jackhammer. And so as he's lifting him for this jackhammer, DDP reverses it into a diamond cutter out of nowhere. This, this match is over. Holy shit, the place is going wild, mm. but oh man, DDP is out of position here. Yeah, can't by, make the pen. By the time he crawls over and covers Goldberg, Goldberg kicks it too to another huge reaction. Page decides, well... I guess I'll just try a regular vertical suplex. What could this hurt? So DDP tries it. Uh-oh. Goldberg reverses it into a jackhammer, and Goldberg wins in ten twenty nine to another massive reaction. The The match outside of the near falls, but the near falls were so big in this match. Yeah. The crowd really bit. The, gold, the diamond cutter was a very well-protected move. I mean, yeah. he had beaten savage with it. That got him over basically he'd beaten tons of people with this move. No one ever kicked out. Yeah. And here you have Goldberg kicking out of it. Also the spear. I mean, DDP, basically well no, he didn't kick out of the spear. But uh,
5: when when Goldberg hit the spear though, you were done. The jackhammer he didn't really need, he just did that for show. Yeah. That was the concept in which the spear was
4: These were just two mega over baby faces and The crowd was going to love everything that they did. Oh, absolutely. And after the match is over, they do the respect spot. Yeah, you're the best. No, you're the best, buddy. Appreciate it, bro. And then we have to cut the feed because we got to get the fuck out of (laughs) here. So there you have it. Halloween Havoc 98. Goldberg and DDP and Jericho and Raven were my only two matches that I liked at all. And so I would suggest... Watching those two, especially the Goldberg match. Uh, if you really wanted to see Goldberg at its peak, the the
5: finishing uh, pump handle slam between Wrath and Ming. Definitely check that out. As you're skimming this, Raven Jericho, absolutely great match. I, I'd check out the tag team match. Yeah, I, be prepared though; it's a, it's a long-winded match, but it's something I would check out. Nash and Hall, it's so confusing, it's not worth your time. Brett Sting, uh, it's it's good to see both of them in the ring together, but I don't know whether or not you. Would.
4: Yeah, it's it's a historical matchup, sort of, but it, they, the way it
5: goes down, it's nowhere near.
4: It's a huge letdown. It's like. They should have been. Brett should have been a babyface going against Babyface Sting. Oh, but you have to watch the fireball spot. Yeah, that is true. You do need to watch that.
5: And Goldberg DDP, so I would definitely watch that.
4: So. It's just glaring the omissions from the roster that didn't make this card. Uh, Benoit, Malenko, Ray, Eddie, Ric Flair, Yeah, Glacier. No, I mean, no, just there's uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. No Kurt Henning on this show. No Savage, no Luger. You know, for one, Luger was hurt, but for one reason or another. Savage all- was still with the company at this point in time. This is before he had left and made his comeback in
5: 99, right?
4: Like, each of, each of these performers, there's probably a reason why they're there yeah. or whatever or not there. But the fact that they're not on the card and it's not explained and it's not... And there's just so much fucking filler on this show. That's what I can't get over, really, is just yeah. how much fucking filler this this show has. For Even the, the top bill, the four matches on paper sound great. Uh, if you neglect all the booking that went into them and everything else. And Horace fucking Hogan. Horace Hogan's in the Ultimate Warriors match. What am I living? What is this? What? Where am I? You know, what universe is this? You know. So for that reason, when we go to our rating scale, Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez on the scale of shit to awesomeness, uh, this is going to end up. I'm going to give it a El Torito on the scale, as it is one of the uh, worst shows. I'm gonna give it a
5: WCW Rey Mysteria.
4: Wow. Little guy. So there you have it. Halloween Havoc 98. Thanks a lot. I'm not excited about Survivor Series 2017 because it's brand warfare and I I don't give a fuck about that. Right. And so then I was like, well, if I could, at least I get to go back in time and enjoy some good old wrestling. Yeah. Some retro wrestling. Right. No. No. Didn't get to.
5: No. But now it is your pick. So where are you going to take us?
4: Well... Since we are coming up on War Games, I guess I'll pick a War Games. We've already done what a lot of people consider to be the best War Games ever, which is the War Games match from 1992. So I'll take us to a not so great War Games, but a memorable one. We'll get a little Dungeon of Doom action. We will go to 1995 Fall Brawl War Games. It's the Hulkamaniacs versus the Dungeon of Doom, basically. Hogan, Randy Savage, Sting. Luger, all teaming up to take on the Dungeon of Doom, Kamala, Zodiac, Shark, Ming, oh man, with Kevin Sullivan, of course, watching on, the Taskmaster.
5: This is going to be big.
4: Oh, this is going to be big. Fall Brawl War Games 95. That'll do it for this week, Patrick. Where can they find you on the interwebs? I am on Facebook, Patrick Young or Patrick Young
5: Wrestling. You'll pull me straight up.
4: All right, and you can find all the stuff about the show at Retro W Podcast on Twitter, Retro W Podcast, or Thanks. Retro
5: Wrestling Podcast on uh, Facebook.
4: And now it's on Stitcher as well. I got, I put it on Stitcher about a year too late. I should have done it earlier, but it's on Stitcher. For if you're listening now, you've probably already found it. So I don't know why I do this every week. <laughs> anyway, uh,
5: I'm Intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history. Patrick Young saying, as always, my closing lines, clothes on bingo, bingo.
0: WCW brought him in for his last run for the same reason that we tried to bring him in for his second run and his third run to try to recreate the magic that we saw in the early 90s with him.
6: It was my decision to bring Ultimate Warrior into WCW, and at the time we had a lot of momentum going, there was a tremendous amount of interest in established characters, and Ultimate Warrior was a guy who had a lot of momentum at one time in his career, and with Hulk Hogan being there and Randy Savage, it seemed like a good fit at the time.
0: I guess it excited some people at the time that we could bring in another former WWE superstar and parade him
3: on our television shows. We were pulling every rabbit out of a hat compete with Vince.
2: Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, the fans recognize him and so does
6: I remember when Ultimate Warrior came into WCW, his debut, the reaction initially was very, very good. You know, the wrestling audience has a long-term memory, and they really react well to established stars and people who are icons at periods of time in our industry when the business was at a high note. And certainly Ultimate Warrior was one of those stars.
3: He comes out, he gets right in my face, and he starts rolling. He's rolling, he's rolling, and then he hits me with the ultimate no-no in this business.
2: And albeit you may have beaten... Miss, Legends, Giants, and other great men. You never, never
3: beat a Warrior. I had to clench my fist and bite my teeth and stop myself from (laughs) destroying him.
2: I defeated what was, until then, undefeatable. I conquered what was then unconquerable I dominated what was, until then, indomitable On that day, you were great I was ultimate!
3: When he said that, I went, well, why would anybody want to buy a ticket then? If you're going to tell everybody at home that you've already beaten me, I went, oh, my God. It was like the ultimate no-no in this business, and I think he kept talking for like another 10 minutes.
6: The Ultimate Warrior more or less rambled, completely went into the business for himself, and I remember Hogan and I kind of standing there, not wanting to look at each other and let the audience know that we
2: were wondering what the hell was going on. The virtue of justice unties my hands so that I can continue to fulfill a destiny set in motion upon that memorable day years ago.
3: I went, oh my God, we self-destructed. Vince has to be at home laughing his ass off.
2: A destiny beckoning the next superhero.
3: It was
0: laborious, repetitive, redundant. It was terrible. The ratings during that quarter hour sunk like a rock.
6: It died a slow, miserable death in front of about 15,000 fans live and however many millions of people
3: were watching. Who else are you going to put him with? I mean, there's the guy who made him in the WWE, who made him a champion and gave him probably the best match he ever had in his life.
6: Anybody that would suggest that the only reason that we brought in Ultimate Warrior and the only reason that I used the budget that I had available to me at the time was to bring him in so that Hogan could get revenge and we could soothe Hogan's ego is just drinking their own Kool-Aid and living in their own vacuum. It's not
0: true. What happened at WrestleMania six in Toronto, you're not going to make up for that ten years down the road.
1: Of all the demons in the past of Hollywood Hogan... The loss to the Warriors, one demon he has never been able to exercise. Did he didn't I, shake that demon. No, I, I knew that when he first came into WCW in oh, 1994. He, oh, he, oh, he oh, never really was able to shake it. And he's looking at it in the face right here.
6: I think I agree with the critics that the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior match in 1998 Halloween Havoc is one of the worst matches in history.
3: I think I pretty much came up with some harebrained idea that ruined that match. We had all the intensity going into it, and I came up with this harebrained idea, since his character was so far off the wall, that after I beat him up and was really doing a pounding on him, that he should make this huge fighting comeback blind. And I kind of blew it. I got in the ring, and I had this huge wad of flash paper, and as I went down the corner, I pulled it out of my tights, and I was going to light it with a lighter and throw it in his face and then he would be blind. And when I'd go to grab him by the neck, he'd reach out and grab me and start his comeback. And all of a sudden, we're in the corner. It's time for the flash paper. Time for all the fire to blind the elephant work. He's going
1: for something. Hogan's got something. He's digging out. you. Is that spray paint.
3: I pulled the flash paper. I couldn't get the lighter lit. And all of a sudden, the lighter lit. the flash paper blew up in my face, burned all the hair off my mustache and all my eyebrows and eyelids, you know. And I think probably everybody in the arena started laughing.
1: Was that, a, was that like a fireball or something that he attempted to throw at the Warrior? He was going to, he was going to, he tried to blind him. He tried to him. He was going to burn that man. That's what he was going to do.
3: That pretty much ruined the match, but he didn't make the comeback blind.
0: If the timing of these two men were any worse in this match, you probably have to have him restart the match. Let's start this one over because this is just completely a disaster. You've turned this four-squared ring into a parking lot. It was horrible.
6: The Ultimate Warrior is not a great ring technician. Hulk Hogan is, without a doubt, one of the most charismatic, entertaining performers, I think, in the history of our industry. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he can have a great match with everybody. He's got to be in the ring with somebody that complements his style and complements his character. And the ultimate warrior was just not that guy.
1: And Bischoff's grabbed the referee. Horace has come in the ring. Horace! hit the warrior in the back of the head! Why? Why?
6: Consequently, Hogan, the match? Constantly the match pretty much stunk up the joint. You can smell it all the way down the street in Las Vegas.